Bad Family, a podcast for black sheep, bad kids, bad family. Let's get started. Hey, Bad Family. Our sound got a little wonky this episode. That's real life. Stick with us. It, things get real. Let's get started. Hey, Lincoln. Hey, fam. It's just me so far. No worries. What's up? Not too much. It's just Monday night. I am sitting at my desk. Got my phone propped up to record. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Tired. It's hard to get into the swing of things this Monday. Yeah, I felt like it was a difficult Monday as well. And I only worked a half day. I oh, am... It's... Got my eyebrows tattooed. My second appointment. It takes two. <laughs> nice. So I got them tattooed in December, and then today was my second appointment. And you said, "Sorry, work brows first. I just told them I had an appointment. I didn't tell That's them fine. exactly <laughs> what it was. <laughs> That's fine. at least my boss, anyway. I told my people. <laughs> um, Jamie says she can come, but in five to ten minutes, so she'll be a little bit late. No worries. Uh, how's your week looking? Anything you're looking forward to? How's it going? How was my weekend or my week? Both, I guess. I know you went hiking. Uh, yeah, my weekend was nice. We went hiking. Uh, I think it was called the Marin Headlands, a little bit north of the Golden Gate Bridge. Really, really pretty, like, coastal trail overlooking the ocean. That's beautiful. Do you yeah. take any pictures? Um, a couple. I felt like whenever I take pictures of the places that I'm hiking, the pictures are never as good as the view itself. So I only took a few. Yeah, they never are. It's like when you take a picture of the moon or the stars <laughs> and you just get like a black blob. You know what I mean? It's just it's just like not majestic, like three-dimensional real life. Yeah, it doesn't do it justice. Hey, Lindsay, how's it going? Hello. Hey, Lou, how you doing? I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing good. We're just chatting about our weekends. Uh, how was your weekend? Um, it was fine. I what did I do? I made bread and I made a cake and I made a curry. Damn. Yeah, damn. What kind of um cake? Um, it's a recipe I found because we're, we're running low on supplies at the moment. We need to go do a grocery run, but it's called depression cake. Oh yeah. I've made that before. Well, at least I've seen the recipe. Yeah. Um, so that felt fitting. Um, and then I made a, yeah, a simple white bread, um, and a, like a chickpea vegetable red curry the nice. other night. Yeah, it's really good. Wow, you've been super productive. Oh boy. Yeah, I had a pretty good productive weekend. I did a bunch of laundry. Um, I did a little bit of Samoan studying. Perfect. I need to do that. I still haven't done that for a while. And I need to get on it. Um, I did my taxes this weekend. Oh, nice. 
I use a credit karma to do my taxes. I don't know how you guys do your taxes, but I've had a lot of, I've been using credit karma the past couple of years. I always use TurboTax. Yeah, um, I've seen, you should use credit karma because it's better than TurboTax. Yeah, TurboTax um, stinks. Better how? It's free and it's easier. And I did one year, I did a comparison where I entered my taxes on both and I saved more money on credit karma, putting in the exact same information. Yeah, TurboTax mm. price gouges you. They're bad. Well, dang. I've always, I've always done my taxes on TurboTax. <laughs> we'll use Credit Karma, and we have no sponsors for the show, so we're not getting a kickback. For <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is yeah. a totally unmotivated. Yeah, this is just something like, I drag like. <laughs> on TurboTax. Yep, this is just a you know, personal feelings drag on TurboTax. <laughs> F you, <laughs> TurboTax. Considering, you know, tax day is coming around the corner. Yeah, yeah. I came out uh, of my room on Saturday morning, I think. And Nina was like more chipper than she's been in a long time. And she was like, I love doing my taxes. <laughs> she was oh, like, really? do you, yeah, she was like, do you want me to do your taxes for you? I used to do my taxes or do my parents' taxes. I love doing taxes. <laughs> Why do you love doing taxes? I don't know. I don't like it. I don't like it either. I mean, I like getting a refund, but oh, I hate I actually, seeing how much I had to pay in taxes. I like doing taxes too, but that's because normally I'll get a refund. Although last year's taxes sucked because I owed a lot of money. Why? Did you have the wrong um, the wrong no, I, uh, um, selection? So you weren't withholding enough? I worked as a contractor for like half the year. And because I was a contractor, they didn't take money out of my paycheck. So I just got the full thing. Oh, yeah. So you weren't withholding? Pay. You hadn't personally yeah. been withholding the taxes? No, I had to no. pay all of it at the end of the year that sucks that yeah. really sucks that's happened to me i feel like once when i was young and it sucks because if you're a contractor you need you don't have savings like you don't have yeah. money to pay that and it's yeah. not if it's not clearly explained to you you need to be saving that money you just find yourself in a bind i mean i knew i was gonna have to pay all these taxes at the end of the year so luckily i was saving um, to pay this big tax chunk at the end. It just sucked when I saw like the total and all my savings pretty much went to taxes. Oh, well, at least you had the money. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah, that totally sucks. Well, we're talking about money this uh, episode, so this was actually really timely. But before we really dig in, um, I thought we would do something fun for our Tell Us Apart moment. I realized that when I am recording the podcast and I something makes me uncomfortable, I'll kind of fake laugh. <laughs> and so, <laughs> I thought it would be funny for our Tell Us Apart segment for us each to demonstrate our fake laugh. So here's mine. <laughs> That's my fake laugh. You're asking us to reveal trade secrets. <laughs> I don't know if I can. Um, can. I mean, just do that laugh if someone tells a joke you don't think is funny, but you're just like being polite. What's oh. your laugh? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I have. Uh, I, don't a, know. I don't know if I have a full fake laugh. I'll have like a polite smile and then maybe like one chuckle, like. Huh. 
Yeah, yeah, that's probably my my mo too. One like chuckle stops. Yeah, we're not trying to give too much away. We're not trying to make people feel too good about their jokes that aren't very funny. All right, I guess I'm the only one. If I'm uncomfortable, <laughs> I just notice that I'll giggle. I'll just be like, <laughs> and then you know, like in the when I've listened to certain podcast episodes, if I'm checking our um sound or making sure you know any edits I do are correct if I hear myself say something where I I it just sometimes sounds weird to me where I'm laughing and I'm like that's my like uncomfortable laugh I can hear it I think I just you know can't think of how it sounds off the top of my head you're gonna have to make me feel uncomfortable <laughs> All right. Uh, In order what's, the worst, what's the worst thing you've ever done <laughs> Man, that's not that doesn't make me feel uncomfortable. What is the worst thing I've ever done? It's not even no. it can't be that bad. I think we've actually even talked about that before. I don't know how to make you uncomfortable necessarily. Yeah. Maybe the next time you make me uncomfortable, I'll, I'll do the laugh and then I'll be like, "That was it." Sounds good. So, I uh actually I'm surprised you guys didn't have uncomfortable laugh. I mean, uh just like not full belly chuckle genuine laughs but i guess it's hard to pull out on command so it is what it is anyway so let's get to the heart of it today i just thought we would talk about money as people may or may not know i'm a bit obsessed with money i love money i have a million feelings about money and i thought this would be a good opportunity for us to talk about money thoughts about money I thought I could answer your questions about money, but also just talk about um, why it's so fascinating and why our culture is, you know, both obsessed with money and, and has all this baggage around money at the same time. And even cultural mores about money, which I find fascinating. Cool. I think you mentioned in like an earlier episode that you feel a little bit obsessed with money because we never had any money. And I think I share that obsession, at least like, I, I don't know, personally, I have just been very, very broke at certain points in my life. And uh, even like, in middle and high school, I knew mom and dad were poor and like, eventually they weren't going to be able to take care of me like when they pass away so i don't know i was just always scared at the idea of being uh broke or hungry so that made me a little bit more uh interested in money i guess yeah money on the brain uh Mm. i never put it in exactly those terms but uh, I don't I I do not know how to be hungry. I know how to be poor, but I do not know how to be hungry. <laughs> mm. Oh, I hate being hungry. Uh, but I think my obsession with money also has to do with feminism. For me, like money equals freedom and when you have money you can take care of yourself and you can support yourself and you can make choices. Like I don't remember if we've talked about this or not, but like during my divorce, I was able to ask my ex-husband to leave because I could pay the rent. I was the one paying the rent. I was the one, you know, working to make enough money. 
And I feel like as women, if you rely on someone else to take care of you, if you get in a bad situation, you don't have any choices. You can't leave. Or if you are, you know, working for a boss or a company that is abusing you, but you don't have any savings and you're just sort of stuck and you can't leave, you don't have choices. And so in my mind, money is freedom, especially for women. Um, which is one reason I'm so obsessed with it because it gives me choice. Mm. I am not obsessed with money and I find it very stressful (laughs) to think about to the extent that I don't, um, I don't like to look at it. Um, Really, if you don't want to look at your checking account, then the number one thing you should do is look at your checking account and work it out. What do you mean work it out? Well, I mean, if you're stressed thinking, I don't know how much money I have. Do you know what I mean? If you're like swiping your debit card, just like thinking, I hope this goes through. (laughs) And the number one thing you should be doing is looking at your account and tracking your spend and just like understanding no, yeah. I mean, I have, I'm not thankfully really in that position at the moment anymore, but I have been. And I fully, like, logically understand that that is the smarter way of doing it. But at the same time, <laughs> like, I had a mental block and continue to have a mental block sometimes about, um, you know, looking at the numbers. I find it stressful. It is stressful. But I feel like the fear is worse sometimes than the knowing. At least if you know, you know. Yeah. Hey, Jamie. Hi, Jamie. Hello. Can you hear us, Jamie? I guess not. I guess well, she'll jump in if she gets connected. If she's able to get connected. Now we can. George, this might not work, you guys. I don't know. George. <laughs> can you take that to your room? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> hi, George. Hi, Georgio. Can you say hi? Hi. Uh, Oh, Lindsay and Lincoln and Courtney. Hi. Hi, George. Hi, George. Sorry, I tried to, like, I had my Bluetooth headphones on, hoping that it would let me hear through the headphones, but speak through the microphone. It does not appear to be working. <laughs> That's okay. We had Lauren on once and we could hear little Lucy in the background. Okay. Well, if one child is all you hear, that'll be lucky. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, we've just been talking a little bit about money, uh, how Lincoln and I have some obsession over it. Um, And Lindsay does not. She has some like fear surrounding it. Just like wanting to avoid it at times. Yeah, I would rather not think about it most of the time. (laughs) 
But you don't think about like how it facilitates you, or like you don't see it as like an opportunity. Um, I don't see it as what. I didn't hear you. An opportunity. Um, I mean, at the times in my life when I was avoiding it the most, uh, I did not see money as an opportunity because I didn't have any, and I didn't feel confident that I would. Even like having gotten a. A name brand school degree uh, didn't feel confident in my ability to get a good job that would pay me more. Yeah, so you just felt like instead like money was a barrier like some people would have and you would never have or something like that? Yeah, and I also have like um, sort of a a moral aversion to um and maybe this has developed more recently, but um, people having a lot of money, people who, you know, just make money and are not generous about it. That's understandable. I get that. I think for me, my, like... Uh, I'm getting an echo. Does anyone, is anyone else getting that echo? I am too. Me too. A little bit. If it's only come on since I've been on... Maybe it's my fault. I don't know. <laughs> I can leave. <laughs> I'm not sure. Well, I'm not sure. I think we're okay. Let's just keep trying. Um, but I was saying, I think that like my obsession with money is more around safety and comfort. So I, because I've been super broke and because I've been, I've felt hungry. I like always want to make sure that I have enough of a cushion that if terrible things happen, I'm okay. Yeah, I think I have that same desire to save as well. I mean, my personality is a little bit strange because I'm a saver, but I'm also a spender. I get moods where I just like want to save, 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 and then I'll get in like a mood where I want to spend. (laughs) So it sort of balances itself out. Um, but I wish I were just a saver because it's nice to see your money accumulate. And and I feel like the more money you accumulate, the safer you feel. Yeah. Or the more it enables you to help other people. Yeah. Um, has Do you feel like, Lindsay, in the years, you know, in the past few years, do you feel like your your conception or your feelings about money have changed at all? Um, in the sense that I, you know, do I feel more confident about it? I think yeah. I certainly feel less fear looking at my bank account <laughs> or my bank statements because I'm no longer like, um, I mean, still, still not doing like, look, not like rich by any means, but not like scared of not being able to like, you know get groceries or whatever um that's no longer a concern um so in that sense I do feel better about it but I definitely don't feel like I know how to manage money like I don't know anything about um saving or investing or anything beyond like trying to keep (laughs) 
my expenses fairly low um that's like the only thing that i'm pretty good at is like not you know having having not had a lot of money like not spending a ton on superfluous shit but otherwise um nope i'm not good at it <laughs> would love to learn but also i well, find I it you know i would rather not go digging for the information myself i would rather not <laughs> does that make sense i don't want to like go do research on it because i find it sort of dry and also um you know emotionally fraught oh i find it fascinating so if you want to ask me any questions about money i'm happy to answer them i think it can be interesting i think the stock market is kind of crazy i think that that story about those people who messed with the um the game stop yeah with the game stop i'm i'm forgetting the word uh, hedge funds. They missed with all the Wall Street hedge funds by uh, buying all GameStop stock. That was super interesting. Yeah. I. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Go Josh ahead, and I watched the movie The Big Short after all that went down. It's just crazy. Like how I like that movie. I know. You just think that people that high up in the world, in the finance world, who have been charged with so much, so many people's money, have so much of an influence on like people's lives. Like you just assume that they know what they're doing and that they're being honest and forthright and making sure that everything's gonna work well. Yeah, I know. I don't think you can assume that anybody is going to be completely honest and forthright about money because they're selfish. (laughs) They are trying for gain. But in the Great Recession, I mean, I guess since we brought it up, we have to talk about what went wrong. It was that they were raiding these composite... like loans like these options based on actual houses very highly when they were bad investments yeah so it was like an innovative i didn't know we were going to be talking about this so i didn't you know review the research (laughs) okay we don't have to talk about it in super depth either i think they were like lumping all the loans together when a lot of them were bad but they were making them look like they were good and like slicing and dicing them to and selling those pieces of giant packages and just telling everyone that they would be safe investments and good bets and then everything tanked well, no investment is 100%. And even fund managers with a lot of information, they're just guessing. I mean, they can do research on the companies. And obviously, you know, when you're investing in a company with good leadership, you know, you think it will do well. But you're not, you're not involved in the leadership of the company, so you don't really know. 
kids dinner? Yes, I was hoping to be done with all this. But <laughs> that's, that's okay. What are you making? <laughs> um, salmon burgers from Costco. But sounds delicious. <laughs> they are. They are good and um, relatively cheap, and um, they're nice and fast. <laughs> like everybody usually like while i'm making dinner people are on their screens so they can leave me alone but they're like the boys if they're on their tablets then every time after every episode they like have to run back so i can enter the parental approval code so they're still bothering me like every 10 or 20 minutes i'm not opening that for you george sorry weird and and david they have these like don't open it you didn't ask to open it you guys are gonna i'm sorry <laughs> no that's okay i don't mind this yeah me neither george wants me to open the giant jar of artichoke heart that i got from costco Whoa, Whoa, just eat plain? <laughs> but i didn't buy them for you to just eat plain george so henry i would is- eat artichoke hearts plain I think they're yeah. delicious. I probably would. They are delicious. That is the thing. But they're not cheap either. And I bought them for a meal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For like a recipe, obviously. <laughs> uh, well, Jamie, how do you and Josh navigate money? Do you have like joint bank accounts? And how do you do it with all of your kids? Or what are you guys' thoughts on money? Um, jo- Josh um, is pretty good about handling everything like we have a joint bank account and like so both of us can see at all times what money is going in and out Giorgio you gotta take that to another room it's too loud um but we're not great about like he actually we're not great about budgeting about following a budget like we actually have he has like a spreadsheet that he has like budgeted categories for everything and we just never look at it or talk about it <laughs> oh really do you not want to be involved well, I don't know. you're not, not interested like, we do talk about it like occasionally I'll be like hey so what is how about that spreadsheet like <laughs> what's going on there what does our money look like <laughs> i'm really bad at budgeting actually I I feel like I always just sort of wing it each month. And, you know, I have, like, um, I guess just a mental sense if I am going over or I can check my account to see if I've spent too much money. But usually I'm not budgeting. Oh, yeah, I don't really budget, like, at all. and never really have. I only do do subtraction budgeting, which is where I... It's just like where I get paid, I do my savings first, and then I pay all the bills. And then anything I have left, I can't spend more than what I have left until I get paid again. So it's straight subtraction. And then with what you have left, that's your spending money. You know, you could put more towards savings, you could decide what to do with it. But like, that's all the money you have left, because you've already paid yourself, your savings, and you've already paid your bills. Okay. And I, I'm lucky enough to be able to pay all my bills and have a little bit of money left. I think you and me do something similar then. Because I'll typically 
Like, once I get paid, it spills first. And then uh, I'll save whatever's left. I Yeah, it's quite, it's kind of like a digital envelope method, you know, because some people would do this method where they would get cash and put it in envelopes and they would have like X amount for rent or X amount for other things. But really, the, it's the same idea because the cash is all you have. Like you would get cash because when the cash is gone, your money's gone. That's all you have. So I do like that same concept, but just with subtraction. So when my the money's gone, the money's gone. <laughs> Honestly, I just kind of, I just try not to splurge too much. I mean, I don't, like I I don't buy things that we don't need most of the time. <laughs> All bets are off if I'm at Costco and we're out of well, yeah. chocolate <laughs> or something. But because you buy like three dollars. Yeah, my friends were saying today they go in for like milk, I'm... which is ten dollars, and they leave with like two hundred dollars <laughs> worth of stuff. So it's like real savings. <laughs> I mean, they trick you because the hot dogs are like a buck fifty. You guys, the cafeteria food is super cheap, but then everything else. Yeah, but you're buying like a ton of stuff. That's on still. That's their lost leader items. Um, you guys, I went to Costco my last trip. I had not been in like four to six weeks and I even had rewards certificates to um, uh, from like, cause we have an executive Ooh. membership. So they like give you a percentage back every year of what you spend. Um, I had two of those cause I never spent the one from the year before. Um, and even with my two Whoa. reward certificates, I spent eight hundred dollars in one go. That is like, what crazy. did you buy? Did you buy an exercise bike and an inflatable? <laughs> like, what did you buy? Were you picking up some televisions, some like seventy-inch screens? <laughs> no. No, nothing fun. Oh, that surprises me. I thought you were going to say like $400. I know you have five kids, but that surprised me. <laughs> no. That was, that may have been like a record amount for me, but. What was it? Was it just like still. a lot of and like, containers of. Life? <laughs> <laughs> you uh, mostly just food. <laughs> uh, these people eat a lot, and it had been a while since I had stocked up on all their favorite snacky things. Yeah, those yeah. <laughs> He's going through a jar of artichoke hearts every hearts. week. That's gonna add up. Yeah. Uh. Well, actually, I love that. That's so real. I mean, I have no idea how expensive it is to be a mom. But I know um, I do my annual money diary on Twitter, where every January, I just document my spending. And and friends will always say, like, you spend so little at the grocery store, but it's only me or it's only me and that. I mean, so if you have kids or you have other stuff, it's more. You got to yeah. get more. 
It is so much. And, well, like, Tessa, for instance, she just is, she's extremely picky. So she basically only eats chili and pho what? for lunch. And like the specific <laughs> brands from Costco, not like I tried to buy brands from other stores and she just wastes them. And it makes me crazy, but I'm also not trying to give her an eating disorder. And I didn't realize she was so picky. She this is like regular time. kid food, like hot dogs and mac and cheese and peanut butter and jelly. None of those. <laughs> she does like sushi. She does like what? Oh she likes gosh, sushi. <laughs> sushi. She has expensive tastes. You guys leave her alone. I love it. I'm going to take Tessa to Actually, a sushi I bar as soon as we're vaccinated. <laughs> oh my God. Well, we would love it. Lisa, <laughs> a similar thing happened with her twins. They really like it, like exotic food like that and expensive cheeses. And normally she would get Parmesan, but it's so expensive. And I think one day she bought like Parmigiano Reggiano to save money. And and her son Lars was oh like, gosh. "This is not Parmesan." <laughs> wow, I still think yeah, that's Parmigiano Reggiano is pretty pretty fancy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of syllables. Too many syllables to be a plain uh, cheese. Well, I get it. I'm glad you're you're working not to give Tessa an eating disorder. You know, she's got to eat. Girls got to eat. <laughs> I'm just no. thinking about her only eating sushi and pho no. and Did us growing up on like, you know, <laughs> heart attack dinner. <laughs> what was a cream chip beef? And <laughs> I like cream chip beef. Oh, I actually yeah. think it's delicious. I've been wanting to make that lately. It's not fancy <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. It is delicious, but I was thinking about it the other day. Was the chipped beef actually a dried beef, or was it a dried ham? Really? No, it was beef. I I thought it was like a dried ham, and then I thought in my mind, why is it called cream chip beef? (laughs) Why would it be ham? It's just like... (laughs) It's very salty. Because I've never seen a dried beef. Oh, I think... It's almost like beef jerky. No, it was very, very thin. I I described it as like a pancetta. Oh, not that thin. It wasn't. Uh, well, that. <laughs> I I I think you can find the type of dried beef at like Walmart, <laughs> but I don't know. But if I ever make it, I'll. So for anyone listening, we were growing up, we would eat this dinner where we would make lots of toast, and then on top of it would be like this white cream sauce, and then this dried, what we called chip beef, which you would just buy in a package from the store, and then like crumble it. It's very common, or it's like a, a southern dish. I think some people call it shit on a shingle. Yeah, I've heard it called that. I went to um 
scout camp one year and they actually had it for dinner one night but they called it sos in shorthand yeah i think it's like a military thing they call it that oh i love it i loved it i didn't realize it had such a wide reach um well i'm fascinated hearing jamie that that's what you spent at costco and about how you budget i think budgeting is really important important not necessarily that people have categories but mainly i just think it's so important that people save for emergencies because you never know what's going to happen and if you have savings you have options yeah i think our budget i think what we're officially budgeted is like eight hundred dollars a month on food total (laughs) yes i mean and I honestly, I'm, we probably go over that every month. Well, I don't, honestly, that's like um, $200 a week. And I don't know how you would feed a family of five, three meals a day on $200 a week in California. Like maybe your budget. Unless you were like making all of unless your you own had bread garden. every day. <laughs> and like, I don't know, pickling your own vegetables, making your own artichoke hearts. Yeah. I don't know how you would do it. I mean, I even feel like Matt and I sometimes spend more than that on groceries. Like, I, it's if I go to the grocery store twice, I could spend two hundred dollars in a week. Someone in one of my um, Facebook mom groups just posted a chart. Like, I don't remember what government agency it was from. Can you open this for me, Tessa? Um, but it was like a budgeting type calculator for how much to reasonably expect to spend on groceries per month based on family size. And there's like a thrifty uh, column and average. There's like from thrifty to, I don't remember what term they used for like luxurious (laughs) amount to spend, but Maybe I should share that with you. I didn't, I didn't calculate it for myself. I just had time to like glance at it, but I was like, oh, I should do some math and see how I'm actually yeah, doing. Yeah, you should. It would also be really interesting if you actually plot it, if you think you're going over every month. If you looked at the actual data to see how much you're going over every month, then the average would sort of tell you what you're spending. But I feel like people right. are so uninterested in money, but it's fascinating. Which is why I do my annual money diary to sort of see where I am. And I've done it for about five years now. And I could see my lifestyle creep. Like when I started making more money, I could tangibly see my lifestyle creep where I was spending more. And that helped me just like gain an awareness of it to to better get that in check. Personally, I really like um, saving for retirement. Like ever since I set up a 401k through my job, I feel like I check it every paycheck just to see the money go up. Yeah, I well, I think 401k saving is one of the easiest ways to save because it just comes right out of your paycheck and it's tax free. So it can really build up if you if you're putting some percentage of yeah. your money toward it. Lindsay, do you have a 401k no. set up? <laughs> Is it awkward no. from your work? 
Not that, that I'm awesome? Oh. You should ask your coworkers because some companies will do a match and you should always at least do your minimum match because if you're not doing your match, you're just giving away free money. Because if your company is matching, then that's just free money they could be giving you every year you're not getting. Why would you? But it, you have to set it up yourself. It's not just like it doesn't just happen when you get a job. If they offer it, you still have to set yeah. it up. I don't think they do. <laughs> but, but I will ask. Well, you should ask your coworkers or ask your HR. And I can help you make like fun selections. Or if you're not confident making selections, you can just do like a target date fun, which is like you pick the date when you're going to retire and they should mm. have a target date option. I mean, I don't think I'm going to retire. <laughs> like, I think the planet will be underwater <laughs> before I will be able to retire. <laughs> that is so negative. Is it negative or is it kind of realistic? But I feel like not planning to retire because you think the world will be like climate change will kill us all is <laughs> I mean, I just think I'll die first. <laughs> well, not me. I'm planning to retire. I'm planning to retire in Dang. 10 years, if not sooner. I need to make a lot more money what? to do it, but I, I would like I'm to retire. I'm going to make a boat out of all my money just tied together. <laughs> And live on it. You only need enough money for the service yeah. area. <laughs> for when the world's underwater, you know. <laughs> I just need enough. <laughs> yeah, Lindsay, we have a precedent for a water world. Have you not seen that? <laughs> I actually have seen it, but not for a long time. I don't understand what you're trying to tell me, though, because that seems to me like I'm correct. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there is like a Hollywood precedent. For oh, sure. Being like you know what? But in an apocalypse world. situation, and this is kind of has nothing to do with money. But if the apocalypse happens, I don't know that I want to be like a survivor. Uh, well, if it's a zombie apocalypse, I'm ready because I've watched all the seasons of The Walking Dead. And I know Dang. that I can handle it. Not me. Feed me to the zombies. I'm ready to go. I don't want to fight them. <laughs> I'm ready. I've got like my. Wow. I can turn anything into a weapon. This pen. That's incredible. You know what you should do? You should uh, learn you know, how to weld. Then you'll be invaluable to the post apocalyptic community. <laughs> uh, actually, the most valuable skills were Whoa. actually like medicine. We got to keep William around. <laughs> Doctors. Yeah, that's the other thing. I just don't think my skill set is going to translate to a post-apocalyptic world. (laughs) I don't think, like... (laughs) There's probably not going to be that many newsletters. Yeah, they probably won't need, like, a sharp wit. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. Maybe it could talk. You could talk your way out of some Yeah, maybe. But actually, the major theme of The Walking Dead, I mean, they really figured out how to survive in zombie world pretty quickly. The real danger was not the zombies. It was other humans oh behaving well, badly. Well, we're already in it. <laughs> in like a lawless Man, world. you close the book and you realize we're already living in the zombie apocalypse. 
Um, I don't so. live in a The Walking Dead zombie apocalypse, but I think I could get by in like a zombie land. Zombie oh, apocalypse. sure. Well, the zombies seem a lot less aggressive in a zombie land situation. Yeah. I'm it's thinking. Like a casual zombie apocalypse. Did you, guys... Did you guys watch that show? That Will Forte show? Last Man no, on Earth. About... <laughs> it... <laughs> I could maybe survive in, in in that kind of post-apocalyptic scenario. <laughs> it's like you guys should watch it. It's pretty funny. Um, everyone on Earth has died of a mysterious virus, except for him, and so he just spends his time. Like, if he needs food, he'll go to the grocery store and, you know, nobody's there. So he'll smash a window and, you know, (laughs) just get some food and take it back. And he's, like, living really disgustingly. Like, like filling baby pools with alcohol and drinking. But, like, what happens when all the food goes bad? Uh... In the scenario where he's living, it's like several years in the future, and there's still a lot of canned processed food available. And maybe for five minutes. Um, so there's still a lot, a lot to eat. I think they find he runs into other people. I don't remember. They... All right, I was just interested. But it's a funny show. There's Kristen Shaw and other funny people. <laughs> it's worth a watch. I have to look it up. I never heard of it. Well, does anyone have other money topics that they want to talk about? Or I mean, money, I questions? Um, money questions. <laughs> um, yeah, where, how, how do you get started? <laughs> <laughs> Like how how did you start saving? What were the <laughs> first steps money? that you took once you had? Um, first of all, like how much uh, disposable income did you have to start putting away, or were you just always like, I have an extra fifty dollars, I will put that here. Where's here? And how did you figure out what to do with it? The number one thing you need before retirement savings or thinking about investing or anything else is emergency savings. Um, And I recommend you put it in a high yield savings account and it can be any high yield savings account that's backed by the FDIC. You could just Google high yield savings account. There's a ton of them. Like I use one called my savings direct American express has one mostly online banks because they can afford, afford to give you higher interest because they are not a brick and mortar operation, but there are a ton of them available. So you just open a high yield savings account and that's where you should save the money. Um, you won't get rich with a high yield savings account, but you could make like $12 a year instead of $0 a year off of saving your money. Um, and then like when I had no money, to spend I mean to save like literally when I couldn't even pay my bills 
with the money that we had, I wasn't saving. But like when you have any amount of extra money, even if it's just a tiny bit, save some of it. Like if you start by saving $25 a month. But you would know better than we would what your Sure. I mean, I can is. do that. I definitely have extra if you now. Have any. Um, well, then what you should do is when you get paid, pay your bills first. And then whatever you have left, just dedicate some portion of that to savings. And you'll be able to know what your target goal is because you want three to six months of emergency savings. So you need to figure out what you spend in a month, like your rent and your bills, figure out what that costs you a month. And then you need start by getting three months of that saved and then get six months of that saved. And then you have your emergency savings. If you are very, I'm risk averse. So I want to have a year of emergency savings because if I lose my job or I quit or something, I wanted to start a business or have a side project I would want to be okay for a year but you don't need that much it's totally about your risk preference but you do need three to six months one of my goals right now and then you never touch it you can't touch it you can't use it to buy clothes or a present or anything else you can only use it if you have an emergency like if you need to pay rent or you get in a car accident and your insurance, I mean, your deductible is $1,000. You can only use it on actual emergencies where you would have to go into debt otherwise. One of my goals right now is to have $10,000 of just liquid emergency savings. Do you not, not have of liquid savings. I have money in my 401k, but uh, like just... Like a cushion if I need it, I'm not at 10K. Well, it feels great to get there. I'm above that. And that is what has like enabled me to help other people too. You know, like help family members or just having above that liquid savings. Like the money I'm saving for a house for mom and dad, I just put into my emergency fund. And I know the amount I can't spend, like I know the amount that I need for three months. So I am not going to take away from that. But like anything above that is just like money for the house. I think it's awesome that you're doing that. Yeah, I think that'll be really helpful for them. But it's also they deserve that, but also it's like an investment property for me in the future. We can't buy a house in New York, so it makes sense that we could both help mom and dad but be able to buy a property somewhere we might be able to afford it. That's true. We've thought about, I mean, not seriously, we just like talk about it occasionally, buying a property somewhere that's not here because if we were living somewhere else, we could afford to buy something, but we can't afford to buy anything here. <laughs> yeah, honestly, if you get a property management company to manage your property, so you are not involved in like the toilet breaking or like the radiator breaking, do you know what I mean? If you have a good property management company where all they do is say, how would you like to handle this? And they give you options and the pricing, then it's very, very simple. 
and then you know you could just have the equity or the value in your property accrue and in five or ten years or whatever you've made whatever profit it is if you want to sell it and then use it to buy yourself something somewhere else yeah that's not a bad idea we really should look into it more seriously yeah well we've just been really serious i have a lot of um Uh, I know that there are like online tools to help you calculate what's a good investment property and what isn't. And I also have recommendations about good, um, good property management companies. And it's all from this podcast Lincoln and I used to listen to called Listen Money Matters. The guys who do it, one of them is really interested in real estate investment. And so he's done a lot of writing about, he created a tool to help people understand if, if real estate was good investments. Um, and he wrote about like oh. roof stock and finding good deals on roof stock. And I mean, you can buy a property with as little as like $10,000 and have a property management yeah. company help you manage it. But I know a lot about that. So if you do, you and Josh do decide you want to real estate invest, I'd be happy to help you. Well, thank you. I will keep you updated. I probably got to go. Love you. Have a good dinner. Have a good well that was fascinating i know there was some background noise but i just feel like it's fascinating hearing about someone's money life in Mm. sort of a different stage of life than i'm at me too yeah it is interesting um lindsay what else can i help teach (laughs) you literally everything (laughs) i really am uh pretty uneducated about money and kind of I mean I've already told you like I it's like an emotional mental block around it you should start working with your therapist on that because I think if you can start seeing it as a as a positive or being interested in it it Mm. will have huge dividends in your life I kind of think of it as not like a game necessarily I think of investing sort of as a game. I mean, in Robin Hood, not like my 401k. But if you start to think about it as interesting or just can like reframe your mind around it, I think it'll make. Yeah. I don't know. It's just been interesting for me. But something you should do if you're not doing is um, when you buy things, do you use your debit card? I use my debit card usually. I know that's. I don't know what credit cards you have, but you should all, ideally, you should have a credit card that gives you some kind of reward points, and you should use your credit card to pay for everything for two reasons. One, if you get a fraudulent charge on your credit card, your money is protected. You know, you can test it on your credit card and not lose the money, whereas if someone hacks your debit card, it's gone. You're not getting that money back. Not hacks your credit card your debit card but you know what i mean like if if there's like a false charge on your debit card your bank really can't do anything where your credit card you have more protections yeah um but two because you're you're sort of getting points rewards when you use your credit card depending on what kind of credit you card you have for every dollar that you spend so like i use my chase credit card for everything which gives me travel rewards so every dollar that i spend helps me accrue points 
that I could later use for travel for like flights or hotels or things. But also some people like to use points for other things like cash. Those are probably the two things people most want. Cash back or Interesting. I should get a travel credit card. Both of my credit cards are not very good. One of them I don't even use. Uh, it just sort of sits on the shelf because I filled it up once and then I had to pay it off and now I don't want to use it anymore. Yeah, well, credit itself is not bad. You don't want to spend more. You don't want to charge more money than you actually have. So if you are using your credit card, you need to like be a, attentive to your debit balance because you don't obviously want to rack up thousands of dollars you can't pay down because yeah. you don't want to have a balance on your credit card. But if you're spending responsibly, your credit card can both help you build credit by having like lots of credit history of you paying your credit card off on time, you know, to help your credit score, so you have lower interest rates in the future, but also just help you earn like nice side reward things, you know, like if you have a cashback rewards card, every once in a while, you'll get like $50 rewards back. Or if you have a travel credit card, you're just like accruing yeah. points to use later. But I'm not a big fan of expensive credit cards. Like, I would never have a credit card that had an annual fee more than, like, $100. Some people don't like to have annual fees at all because you can get credit cards that are zero annual charge and you still get rewards back. So I would get a credit card that would just have no annual fee. Or else, if it has an annual fee, that the rewards are really worth okay. it. I'm sorry, there's an ambulance going by. Um, Coco, this is still a money topic, but it isn't related to credit cards. Uh, would you recommend getting an IRA and a 401k? Uh, it depends. If I don't think you need to get an IRA if you have a 401k unless you wanted to, to do an, a Roth IRA, which was if you, it's totally personal preference, but you know, like with a Roth IRA, it's post-tax. So you've already paid your taxes. So if you wanted to use some of your already taxed money to put into an R mm -hmm. Roth IRA for savings, then that money would grow and grow and grow because it would be invested like it's in the stock market. But when you hit retirement age and you take it out, there's no tax on that money as yeah. you take it out because you've already paid the tax. So it can be really helpful. Depend, you know, depending on your tax status in the future, like if you think that you have a low tax status now because you don't make much, but in the future you could have a higher tax status because you're making more then allowing your post-tax dollars to to grow and grow and grow and grow tax-free so that you wouldn't be, be beneficial in the future later when you're ma probably making more money yeah but to contribute to a roth ira you can't make above a certain amount i don't know what the amount is i'd have to look it up but i know that i can't i can't do I'm it probably not I at the filthy rich money. threshold i make too much money to contribute I put I have like a hundred dollars in a Roth IRA 
which I just mm-hmm. put like birthday money one year into one, <laughs> but I can't contribute anymore now because I I'm above the threshold. Got it. Um, so it's up to you. I think that if it's like something of interest, you know, I would think of it as like another savings account. You could do it, but I would say primarily, uh, I mean, it's totally your preference and opinion. But I would say if you're not meeting the minimum in your 401k now, like if you're not contributing a high enough percentage that you're spending, that you're hitting savings of 19500 mm-hmm. a year, whatever the max is, I would probably just focus on my 401k. That's fair. I'm not simplicity. hitting the maximum annual contribution to my 401k, uh, but I'm, I'm getting closer. Maybe I'll work on that first. Yeah, but the order is emergency savings first. Even above and before paying student loans or like high credit card debt, you know, because if you're in an emergency, you'll need that money. And if you don't have it, you'll just get into worse debt. So like emergency savings is the absolute number one. And then number two is if you have high interest credit cards, like if you have credit cards that are at like 24%. Interest, then you then pay those off next. And then number three would be um, student loans, I guess. Although depending on your percentage, it might not be a priority. But in terms of retirement savings, it's something that you should be trying to do at the same time. Like at the same time or second, you know, to emergency savings. Because if your company has a 401k match and you're not contributing the minimum to get it, then you're just losing free money. (laughs) I mean, I think I am so ignorant as to not know what I don't know. (laughs) If that makes sense. I uh, don't really budget. I just know that I make enough that I can pay rent comfortably and like pay my bills. Um, I probably spend too much money on like food. That's like the only thing that in quarantine, I, I really, um, I'm not that careful about is like ordering food. Um, and then some, you know, recently Poshmark has been, um, what is Poshmark? Poshmark. (laughs) Yeah. It's, like an online clothing store. Yeah, yeah. It's not well, just clothing retail. Either, like, I mean, secondhand. You selling can buy a, a bunch of different stuff on there, and I have bought like probably three or four pairs of shoes in quarantine, which is funny because I don't wear shoes now a lot. I don't really have to go outside that much, yeah, apart from like taking a walk. So there's no reason for me to stock up on shoes, and yet. I want to. I get it. It's kind of like a little bit of a doom scroll. Because I do that. I mean, I'm glad I have them. And when the quarantine is over, nobody is going to be better shod (laughs) than I. Um, But (laughs) it's probably like, apart from food, that's kind of the only thing that I spend money on. Well, I mean, how you spend your money is totally up to you. 
I mean, I have no problem with how people spend their money. It's just you want to just make sure that you're not spending money that you don't have. Because then it puts you in a worse sure. situation like the next month and in future. And it's also easy to do. Like if you do it and then you're. Yeah. You just, it just has got to balance out. You know, like if you spend over one month and you got to spend under the next month. It just, you just have to, and that's why it's important to check your balance and to track this stuff. Because when you don't know and you're not careful, that's how over time you can get I hate getting really bad um, situation. an email that says like your account has reached, your balance has reached zero. We've had to charge you an overdraft, whatever. I used to get those a lot, but now I haven't gotten them in a long time. Yeah, I haven't gotten them in a long time either. But when I was married to Quinn once, we had like hundreds of dollars in overdraft charges one month because he had made like this is not fair I shouldn't be saying this online but like not not realizing our account was overdrafted there were like four or five like two dollar purchases you know for like tiny things you know probably like candy or like soda or tiny things and then the freaking bank charged us like 35 or 40 dollar overdraft fee okay that's immoral banks shouldn't be able to do that it's disgusting it is immoral i call i called and complained i called and complained so someone who obviously didn't have money in to begin with which we didn't we were like poor college students suddenly now your bank account is like negative 200 or like negative 300 because of like yeah twelve dollars in spending you know it's stupid yeah it was ridiculous it was bank of america yes turbo tax f bank of america we should keep a running list (laughs) f uh u.s bank as well f u.s bank and wells fargo remember Lindsay, when they charged you for years oh yeah because they had opened a second account in your name you were part of that whole yeah f them too and also you know they didn't like (laughs) what was the the deal with wells fargo like everybody was supposed to like their data was breached yeah i was gonna say because they had like meddled in oil money or something like they did something bad as a they had bad business practices i still bank with them (laughs) my main bank is wells fargo i don't know I don't know, but they, yeah, lots of nasty corporations. Uh, well, I'm happy to keep talking about money in short bursts, bursts in the future. I have lots and lots of thoughts and advice. I love that you're obsessed with money. (laughs) I think it's a great resource. Yeah. I am obsessed with it, but it's not out of ill will. I mean, Honestly, the only thing I do with my money, I feel like, is uh, feel guilty. Yeah, if I yeah you know what? I do. I make a lot of other people like um, mutual aid fund donations. Now, that's what my, as far as lifestyle scope creep, <laughs> I didn't used to have the money to be able to afford to like donate anything, and now I can, and that's nice. That's really nice, and I'm glad you do that. But I advise <laughs> you to immediately stop doing that until you have your emergency savings. I'm, I'm being honest, because if you can't take care of yourself, 
you know, if you're not taking care of yourself to take care of others, it's like a lack of self-care. You know what I mean? It's good hearted and you're helping other people. But then when you're in a bind, you're the one that needs help because yeah. you weren't prepared. But that's when you crowdfund. <laughs> <laughs> so don't, so just don't, I mean, ob- obviously I want you to be generous, but save that three months of salary you need first. And then you can keep making more mutual aid donations. That's the real, real. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Coco. So that's the real, real. It really is. You got to take care of yourself first. It's a hard lesson. It's not selfish. It's pre- it is safety. You're protecting yourself so that you have a strong foundation to be able to help other people even more in future. I feel very passionately about that. I, I didn't mean to oh, no. that to be I don't shaming feel in any way. Okay. Well, I guess we'll call that good then. Lots of money talk. Lots of salmon burgers. <laughs> oh, <burry. laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it, was fun but it, was, it was fun chatting. Well, I love you guys. I am obsessed with money, but um, uh, at the end of the day, I know it's not what's really important. You know, we don't die and take our money with us. It's all about uh, relationships and I think what we do for other people. And I think my obsession with money is how that facilitates that. Beautiful. Love you, family. Beautiful. All right. Love you. All right. Love you guys. Bye. Talk to you later. Thanks for listening. Smell you later.